Sabingelele nukana siya toko za kuzingi sa chiro wakamsana nuwandile mazibukitlilo inlabolezo mnoto Taking care of business Good evening and welcome to Rise of Femme in 60 Minutes Ibizu la mgeem na umu usawagaskosana In the next hour or so we'll have a conversation As the past Tuesdays we've been joined by our good friends from the National Treasury Helping us understand or even simplifying the processes of doing business with government Tonight is no different or is no exception because I'll be joined by Miss uh, Rahadi Motseto, who is a Chief Director in Stakeholder and Client Management at the National Treasury. She's going to help us understand those simplified processes of government in allowing suppliers such as yourselves, uh, and if you are a student of logistics, you know, get this information. And uh, she is my guest this evening. I invite you to join into the conversation on 072-885-7702. Nomkhala Ongas Twitter at RiseFM943. That's how you get in touch with us. If you'd like to I suppose probe a bit further by simply dialing on 013757-0096 is the studio number. You're more than welcome to do so this evening. You're on Rise of Fem in 60 minutes. Literally, Langesi, South Africa. Lochani, Agoande. This is Rise of Fem in 60 minutes with Musas Kosana. Twenty-five minutes just before the hour of eight, and uh, as mentioned, I have my guest with us on the line, Ms. Rachadi Mozeto, the stakeholder and uh, client management chief director there the, in the National Treasury. Uh, you know, our chat is simply the processes of doing business with government, with solemn focus this evening on procurement uh, methods. Uh, Mr. Rachadi, very good evening to you, and uh, thank you so much for taking my call. Really not far f- f- off of the north, but yeah, we are in the east. Boundaries, provincial boundaries. Yes, yes. But you know, this very conversation that you and I have been having for the past couple of weeks now. You know, I I, I know you and I were not chatting last week, but I, you know, I had a, a you know a, a glimpse of what the conversation was about, and you know, following that conversation, we started by just looking into what Treasury is doing, particularly in 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 ensuring that the processes are simplified for service providers. I'd like us to recap, you know, just for those who are now joining us for the very first time into this discussions that you and I will have. You know, the past last two weeks, you know, you know, how do they fit into our conversation? Today, you know, if you were to recap for somebody who hasn't been listening to us for the past couple of, uh, you know, two weeks or so, how would you say those conversations they tie in perfectly with what we're going to, talk, uh, you know, somewhat discuss this evening? Okay. Um. Um. What 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 our listeners need to to take away from from these conversations is that um they need to understand that in government nothing happens in isolation. Um. We started with with, with the state of nations address where we get. Uh, I'll say our matching orders um, as, as national departments, our SOEs, as well as provinces in terms of what is it that we, we need to, to be buying. If at all we don't have um, the required skills within within government to deliver what we need to deliver on. Uh, for instance, now if you look at the floods, some of the required skills to really fix what has been damaged, we don't have 
um, within government, um, we don't have the capacity to even deliver on rebuilding those roads and those houses. Mm. So when it comes from the sauna, remember we spoke about the, the infrastructure. So we have to look at the method of procurement that will be touching and, and even procuring uh, services like infrastructure. And also last week we spoke about um, the CSD where uh, the central supplier database as well as the e-tenders are the two examples of the priorities that emerged from the State of the Nations address in 2015. And then in 2016, we had the policies in place, we had the system in place, and then we, we really uh, implemented them because our one, the priority was that we need to find ways of reducing the cost of doing business for suppliers. And then that's when we came up with the e-tenders where you find uh, tender documents for free, where you find the advertised tenders for free without having to buy newspapers. And then on the CSD, we cutting costs of, of photocopying and traveling to deliver all those administrative documents that are required for suppliers to do business with government. Mm. And then we also touched on the um, constitutional ruling because the impression that was out there was that um, the Treasury stopped all procurement, and so we put the, the system on pause, mm. which was not the case. And then we touched on that and, and explained it, and also reminded our uh, listeners that the 2022 regulations for preferential procurement that were gazetted, they closed last week Monday already on the 11th of April 2022. Mm. I think that's how far we have come. Yeah. And, and today, uh, whatever we be talking about yeah. will be informed by all the events of mm. the Without a doubt, I mean, it has been an insightful conversation that you and I have had, and even those that you've had last week with uh, my producers and kids, Shong. You know, it's quite interesting, you know, how government has put into, uh, I suppose, put in this process. It's just to ensure a lot of people get part or just become part of, you know, the work that government gets to do. But however, there are some of the voice notes that were unable to be, you know, flighted last week, you know, due to obviously time constraints and, you know, the amount of knowledge that you have. I'd like us to recap even on those voice notes, even, you know, some of the questions that were raised last week, you know, it, they could be of interest and they could spark some, you know, um, you know, um, yeah. afterthoughts for some. But, you know, let me just uh, quickly open my WhatsApp line that is 072-885-7702 let's recap if you haven't uh, uh, I suppose uh, thought of a question maybe this question uh, would somewhat trigger a question for you this evening uh, Ms. Rahari please uh, stay on the line okay I don't know where to start Sine problem nyani go CSD enkulu food one I'll just need to cover cover one UCSD ungalungisa zonke into zakho uye kwaSARS wenze i-tax uthini u every year we pay into usipro sithini xa unto uso ufakile kwaCSD ubi uve ubizwe ngu social development or ngu transport department at transport department or social development hi you are not into tax compliance i comply your thing into tile yakho i co compliance we have into the second thing if ababantu abaskemayo base department you have city i'm from the defense of unto can you quote for uh, 100 people and there's also transport. Which one are you in? the city getting like we are doing catering. I okay, I'll send you specification. Must to Merel. You go 
The next thing, ubone kwi bank account yako, there's 50,000. Yelo kasha uko ute 30,000. There's 50,000 into your bank. Kausit uve so funu langumtu. Eh, can you pay back that 20,000? The person who was, do, who, who was doing procurement, upatali mali rongo. Patala before you work, but hi, it's their policy. Then, like again, I'm brilliant. The bono umtu kaskena you can you can see if umtu patele ya clearisheka on your bank. If I clearisheka anga, uso ibuisa nanjani twenty thousand, which means uyak fraud, uyak fraudja, ufuna wena, upatale ibe west ati go and pay it. Maybe a shop right or agnike account number. Luckily for me, the calendar buze ukwepi bank. FNB in the name to seven the fund was like a can number government private work check. You know, maybe from Johannesburg or from Devon. You know, which is the account of Sandoval, which is Baskema Aband. I you know, I suppose safe and I CSD serious. We are not safe at all. And I'll comply in Januka Bulungisa in Dozak who's fit. I say there's something wrong, Galo CSD. Yeah, the, 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 the quest there, SS Rahari, is just mainly around, you know, the CSD. They're saying that there's, you know, somewhat, something wrong with CSD. I mean, uh, I mean, you can tell there the listener is just, you know, lamenting on the fact that, you know, there's quite a number of scams that occurs mm. yeah, well, in, in, in relation to how CSD is wired. Maybe from the National Treasury's perspective, how then do you account to such you know, accessions made by people. And, you know, these are lived experiences, I suppose. Um, you know, this is what I said last week. Um, and, and it's very funny because one of our our, our DDGs within the Treasury um, sent me an email and said, Rakhadi, I received um, a request for, for quotation. They asked me to quote and I'm not even a supplier. Mm. I'm not even in the CSD. Right. Um, the issue is if what I said is that if you go anywhere and you leave your information there, people can do anything with that information, even after a long time when you have forgotten where you have left such information. And the fact that suppliers tend to attend these private, I think, private engagement where they are networking and they leave their emails, they leave their company names. They leave the sectors that they are trading in and the commodities that they distribute or even manufacture. And then later on, they don't even follow up what happens to that information. There are no disclaimers when they put that information on that book. Um, If somebody takes a photo of that page, they can do anything with that information. The fact that we attend sessions as well wherever we go and we leave our emails there and years down the line, you get a request um, for, for quotation that you need to um, uh, code for this particular um, commodity. And the other thing that I said to them, and, and, and I'll just have to look at this email again, mm-hmm. is that we said to them, as, as government, we, we don't tell you firstly um, where you should buy, where you, you're supposed to go and source what we are looking for. Mm-hmm. Secondly, we don't, we don't give you a picture um, because the email that I'm looking at uh, from from one of the DDGs, it has an it has a photo. We don't give you a photo of what we want you to 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 deliver to us. You should know what that commodity is and what it looks like. And also, they look at um, those very very complex and high value commodities because. 
This one that I'm looking at now, they're asking for a respirator nanotech mask, mask, 35,000 of them, right? Mm. And then also they, they provide a photo of that particular item that they're looking for. And then they even put the budget as to this is the budget that we have for this particular transaction. And that's not what we do. If you are a supplier and you, you're supposed to be dealing with this nano whatever tech mask that I don't even know what they look like, um, you should know what they look like. You should know where to source them. You should even know the pricing thereof and the packaging thereof. You don't have, uh, we don't have to tell you where to find this, what they should look like whether um, you should go to this particular supplier. We don't even tell you the brand that you're looking for. And that's what we said. Because once information is in somebody else's hands, then you will continue to have such problems. And we have had them as well as employees of the state. It's not something that is coming from, from the CSD. Um, because within the CSD, we've put measures to make sure that every employee or official who goes into your profile um, there is this audit trail where we can see what action was performed on your on your profile. Did they change anything? Did they amend anything? Mm. Did they print your profile? So we have those safety measures on our side, but suppliers as well need to be very, very protective mm. of, of their own information going forward. Okay. Let me just try and exhaust this uh, to... Um uh, you know, last week reaction on the conversation that was held. Here's a voice note of last week as well. How is it that tenders are being given to companies that are not qualified and being rewound by companies that do not even do their job in the first place, but they keep getting the tenders again and again and again? So how does that work? Yeah, this one seems to want to express the point of, you know, how is it that companies that do not qualify get to be re-awarded tenders? And also, why is it then that companies that have been awarded before seems to be also the ones that keeps on, uh, I suppose, getting this type of jobs? But also, let me just pose this, uh, you know, from our last week uh, bundle. Uh, it came through on our SMS line. It says, they, uh, I suppose, it is, is it not an audit query? to cancel a tender? If the answer is yes, what are the financial implications? And can you just repeat it again? If, is it not the audit query when what happens? To cancel a tender? No. Okay. So, um, when you, yeah. the, you can cancel a tender for, for, for particular reasons. So for now, let's say we, we have the floods um, in different provinces and you, have to, you advertise a tender, um, let's say to construct a particular service or building somewhere, and then there, there are these floods, and that particular area is no longer feasible for you to go and build on it. So you have to cancel that tender because you can implement it within this financial year and possibly the next financial year. And also, if at all you have, you, you, you end up moving money uh, from that line item to another line item to respond to, to, to this uh, national emergency in different provinces, you can cancel that particular tender. And the last one, the third one, is that if you get the specifications wrong and you realize that it will be difficult, especially if you had a briefing session and um, the questions that are posed by the suppliers, you realize that it's going to be very, very difficult for you to evaluate that particular tender in a fair manner. Then you can cancel that tender and reissue it with mm-hmm. a new specification. So it's not an audit. It becomes an audit if the auditors find something wrong with the way you have done the cancellation and whether it was valid for you to cancel that tender or not. Mm-hmm.
maybe please also deal with the other one that seeks to say that you know the rewarding of tenders and if companies do not even meet the criteria pardon uh, i'd like you to also maybe weigh in on the other voice note i played of you know how do then companies get awarded if they don't meet the criteria there is, is the thing is it, we, when we talk to, to the decision method of procurement you will realize that criteria does apply in most of, of the of the processes um, but the thing is, how do you know that they don't meet the criteria if you are not evaluating their tender? Mm. We cannot make an assumption that, that your business doesn't meet the criteria because we know you to, from somewhere else and we think you are not competent in, in what you were awarded to do. Um, we just have to look at your deliverables. If at all you don't deliver, then you can go back and say you appointed somebody who's incompetent to deliver this. But in terms of evaluation, if you meet the criteria and then it goes to next week when we talk about the the three uh, committees for, for bid committee, the bid committees. Sure. You will understand that it's the evaluation and then it goes to another committee that has to check whether the criteria was, was used the way um, it's supposed to be used. So it, 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 it's a little bit difficult to say somebody is, doesn't meet the criteria when you are not running the business with them or you don't even know how 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 their business is. For instance, I'm on I'm arrive at them. I wouldn't be here if, if you're Yes, the um, report was not compliant. I wouldn't be here. <laughs> well, I'm clear. Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 you know, our papers are in order, hence you're here. You're on Rise FM in 60 minutes. It has just gone nine minutes before eight. Uh, this is Rise FM. My guest is the Chief Director of the National Treasury, Mr. Rahadi Motseto, on simplifying processes of doing business with government. She's my guest this evening. We're looking at those processes, and particularly tonight, we have a solemn focus on the procurement method. Thoughts. Now, Mr. Rakhari, I'd like us maybe to start our conversation, particularly tonight's conversation, with just looking at the implications of what you've said last week of the constitutional court ruling. What is the, you know, somewhat the implications of that court ruling, particularly on procurement processes for advancing women and black people? Um, the constitution will still prevail because we, we're taking our, our guidance from, from the constitution itself as the entire um, law of the country. Um, even if the institutions are exempted from the preferential procurement act of 2000, we still have to comply with, with the constitutions, uh, constitution um, in terms of section 217, uh, section 2, subsection um, A and B, where it describes that we should advance um, categories of people who are unfairly discriminated against on the basis of race, gender, and, and disability. In this instance, we we're talking about the, the companies or businesses that are owned by those categories of business, meaning that even if we don't have, um, we are exempted from the preferential procurement, we, we still have to comply with the prescript of the Constitution because we didn't just have the Preferential Procurement Act Standing alone, it is informed by the constitution itself as the high law of the country. Mm. So all the institutions, despite being exempted, they still have to make sure their policies reflect this advancement of categories of people as prescribed in the constitution. Mm. But then why should suppliers know about the different methods of procurement if they are not working for government? Um, firstly, uh, to know that we have we have a criteria to evaluate people, yeah. they shouldn't look at you and think, ah, Susanna, 
doesn't meet the requirements because so. they don't know um, what what your business standing is, your your compliance standing, and your competencies are. So um, with, with 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 outlining this method, they need to understand, and also it will deal uh, with the scams as well. That these are the things that you need to know. Um, for instance, the different thresholds that we apply when when we, we use different methods of procurement, mm. and and also listening to to the questions that we had over over the two weeks. That one supplies is, is appointed repeatedly. Um, uh, these, the outlining of this, this method can clarify um, how do we do, go about it, why do we do it that way? Because uh, we have to advance transparency um, as a requirement and, and it's prescribed in, in the constitution. Because the constitution says we need to be fair, we need to be transparent, and we need to make sure that we open the competition to everybody. And we cannot have suppliers saying. Uh, Kosana is getting all the tenders, but they don't apply for those tenders, and also they don't know how to really interact with those uh, different methods. And, and again, what do they mean for them? Where do they find the information as well? Um, how do they go to, because the different methods of procurement, um, if they're going to be competitive, they will find them um, outlined in the procurement plans. It's not going to be a secret that there's going to be a tender, anybody can, can submit their proposal for mm-hmm. that tender. So that is why we're doing it, so that we don't have this thing of pointing fingers if somebody's doing well um, in terms of uh, participating in the procurement process. Mm. On Rise FM in 60 Minutes, it's an open line throughout the course of our conversation I'm having with uh, Ms. Rahadi Mozeto, the Stakeholder and Client Management um, uh, Chief Director in the National Treasury. Uh, she is my guest this evening, and you're more than welcome to also you know, weigh in with the solemn focus on procurement methods as we are dissecting this very uh, topic this evening. I invite you to do so on 072-885-7702, Namukhana on 013-757-0096. You know, in terms of procurement of goods, or services, is there even a different approach in 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 the manner in which these two are procured? Um, we we make the decisions to, to on, on on the choices of our our method of procurement are informed by by the thresholds, uh, meaning the the value or rent um, of that particular commodity that we want to buy. And then um, also we, we look at the complexity, how complex that service or commodity is that we wish to procure, and also how many service providers do we have that can give us uh, what we need. Um, also, we cannot procure infrastructure the same way we procure batteries or, or cutlery that we need for the office. We need to weigh the risk as well and also balance in terms of um, the requirements of the principles of, of the Constitution that we need to make sure it's fair for everybody. We need to make sure it's accessible, but also we need to balance it with the time that it will take us to really go through the process mm. until such a time we can award. So it, 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 there are so many elements that will influence how we go about it. And those are the things that suppliers might not even know about. Because mm. now, if we have a national disaster, it didn't make sense for us to go and advertise a tender for medical um, um, equipment that is required to treat people who are in distress. We have to choose a a suiting method of procurement to make sure that we get what we need as speedily as we can to deal with the issues of health that we can pick up under that circumstances. Mm. 
On Rise FM in 60 minutes, I'd like us to take this short breather. When we return, we'd also take your reaction. Number to dial 072-885-7702. Umkhato Chisape, Pumalanga Yokana, Rise FM. You're listening to Rise FM. Where the facts and opinions build the discourse. Rise FM in 60 minutes with Musas Kosana. Station of choice, Rise FM in 60 minutes is the name of the show. My name is Alpha Smusa Skosana. I'm with you up until uh, 8.30. You're more than welcome to weigh in on any conversation or particularly uh, weigh in on any pointer that we're having around our topic this evening, you know, the procurement methods. And particularly uh, this evening, I had the National Treasury, the, the Chief Director on Stakeholder and Client Management. Uh, she's helping us understand, you know, the simplified ways of doing business with government. And be, before I bring her in, uh, you know, let's just uh, pay the bills. And then after that... Um, We'll just definitely return with her. Tying the opinions into a single narrative. Rather than in 60 minutes with Musas Kosana. Mr. Rahadi Mutseto, the Chief Director on Stakeholder and Client Management at the National Treasury, is my guest this evening. You're more than welcome to probe here on 072-885-7702. Let's just go a minute after eight. In case you just joined us, this is Rise FM. Mr. Rahadi, yes. out of all you know, the, 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 the choices and the processes that government has introduced, particularly the National Treasury, what really informed the choice and the decision to apply any of the methods of procurement? Um, like I said, it, you have to consider a lot of things. Um, how risky the, the commodity is? What is the value of, of that commodity or service that you want to procure? Um, how many suppliers do you have in the industry or the market that are going to respond um, to that particular um, 
RFQ or RFP that you're going to advertise, and also look at, at the timelines, how big um, the turnaround time should be, um, like I said, under a disaster um, a process or setting or environment. You cannot advertise a tender for 21 days. Yes, you can look, probably you can look at the weather patterns and realize that it's still going to rain some more, so we are not going to start building um, anytime soon. So we still have time to advertise a tender for those who are going to rebuild those houses that were lost, uh, rebuild those roads that, that have been damaged. So you have to weigh those particular elements for you to determine what will be the best approach or the best method of procurement that you can use for any uh, for any service or commodity that you want to buy. Mm. There are a couple of voice notes that have come on and I'd like maybe to just confer them to you and maybe get your reaction on them, right? Okay. Good evening, Musa. My question is, what is the role of a treasury in terms of, you know, trying to mitigate the risk of AMA suppliers becoming susceptible to fake RFQs from AMA perpetrators who find the information on the CSD? Ms. Rakhari, I'm not sure if you have heard that. Yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit uh, distorted. You can just Tell me what, what she said. Okay, so she's basically asking your role as the National Treasury in trying to somewhat mitigate the risks of um, you know service providers becoming um, succept- I suppose susceptible to 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 the perpetrators who are somewhat getting their information on the CSD. Firstly, um, with the CSD, we we have introduced. Remember, we we have the Copy Act now that is in force. Yeah. So we have to comply with it. Uh, we collected the information specifically for government to, to transact with them. So we can't use it for anything else that is not related to procurement. So in that way, um, we, we, we will only engage the suppliers with, with um, anything that is procurement related only. Um, that, uh, that is the Poppy Act part of it. And the, the second one is we are doing this campaign for them to, to realize this is how we procure our services. If you come across anything that is unfamiliar or, you know, different from how we said we do business, then you need to be mindful of how you're going to respond to it. And also, the suppliers also have a responsibility to protect their information. If you're going to uh, register a lot of commodities on the CSD and you forget that um, this is what I registered for because you were not selected, you felt like... The more I register, the more opportunities are going to come my way. Then you can fall back on the fact that this um, this is what we don't do as government. We don't give you photos. We don't give you the budget. We don't prescribe the brand that we want if we want to procure. So it, it, it needs to be, um, we will do our part, but we still have a responsibility as well as to how they, they exchange their information with other parties outside um, government as well because we we cannot be, we won't be able to control that outside mm-hmm. government and also they need to know which which departments or institutions within government will will procure what what they are servicing or what they are selling as commodities or services. Mm-hmm. Do you have a wish of doing business with government, the chief director? On stakeholder and client management at the National Treasury, Ms. Rahadi Motseto is my guest this evening. You're more than welcome to probe and uh, confer any question or maybe a compliment that you'd like to confer to her. You're more than welcome to do so. The number to dial, it is 072-885-7702. Here's another one.
Good evening, Liza Fem. Uh, I would just like to know how does Treasury make sure that uh, in awarding of these contracts, they don't award to the same uh, companies? I'm sure you've heard that one, right? Uh, what about the companies? So they're asking what? your role again in, in, in ensuring that, you know, we don't very see the same company over and over and over again in various departments being awarded, um, you know, uh, you know, the work there. Um, again, if, if you look at the Constitution, everybody has a right to do business wherever they want to yeah. do business. If they want to, if they're doing a good job, they will, they will go and, 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 and submit a tender elsewhere. And we cannot, as, as, as the Treasury say, you have received enough tenders, you, you can't compete again. You know, uh, the Constitution said it needs to be competitive. If at all um, the, the supplier feels I'm going to compete over and over again, um, because I'm good at what I do, we cannot um, say to the supplier, "You cannot submit this. Uh, give others a chance." If the others don't 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 submit, then we are left with nothing. Mm, mm. Okay, may, maybe let me try and confer this one to you again. Uh, okay. It seems like tonight you're having a lot of reaction around what you are saying, but uh, let me just play this one. Is, uh, why does it take so long to get? EPO numbers or purchase order, right? Yeah. Why? Why it takes so long? Because um, obviously, I mean, the, the job is already issued. budget So why the long process or why the wait? Yeah, this one is mainly around the purchase order. Why does it take so long to get a purchase order if a company is then awarded the job? I wouldn't know, really. I wouldn't know why um, those institutions are taking too long to issue purchase orders. Maybe there are internal processes to verify because within the Treasury, what we need to do um, before you even issue a purchase order um, as, as a, as a, as a uh, budget manager, mm-hmm. I have to submit what we call a, a budget report, it's called a BAS report, to indicate that I have money uh, within this line item um, that I can procure from so that when when the supplier has rendered the service, I'll be able to pay them from that line item. So I'm not sure with, with, with other institutions what verifications do they do that take so long. But within within the Treasury is that the, the quotations will come um, to me as the budget manager already evaluated, and they will tell them, look, this is the price for this one, this is the BE score, and, 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 and this is the final score, this is... Uh, who we recommend, mm. right? And then I will have to sign off if at all what they are going to give me is what I want. Mm. Then I will sign off if they go. I will have to attach that budget report to say that I do have the money under that line item so that when the supplier delivers and submits the, the, the invoice, I'll be able to sign off on the invoice and then it will go to finance to be paid. So I'm not sure why it takes long in other institutions. Um, I guess if it's not that agent, maybe that is why they take long. But in our case, we have within our policies those timelines that if we give you the quotations and then we have evaluated them, you need to give us feedback within a day or two. If the invoices come through, you must sign it off and send it back to finance within the specified days. Mm. So I'm not sure why other institutions, are maybe within their policies, those, those areas are not really... Um, uh, outlined properly, yeah. uh, which would be an audit issue. But in our case, we do. We try and, and make the process and the turnaround times as quick as mm. possible.
10 minutes after 8 you on Rise FM in 60 minutes. I see an SMS there on triple, uh, uh, I suppose, on double three nine four three. It says, uh, it is a must. Uh, is it a must for the tender box to be opened in the presence of all potential service providers? This is from Mafa in Petal. Yes, sir. If you want to be present when the tender box is opened, you, you can be present. Mm. You can demand that to be present just to make sure that all the suppliers that have submitted uh, when the box was opened are recorded um, and you know who who have met the deadline so that the latecomers are not included in the list. Still taking your voice note, 072-885-7702. Sister uh, Rahari, you know, I'd like us to maybe zone in into some of the methods, you know, I'll start maybe with deviations, right? I'm asking deviation simply because we're still recovering from COVID. However, we've seen businesses operate. Talk us through the, the process that you have managed, you know, to, 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 to implore, particularly to operate in that period of COVID. Did you then deviate or did you implore a system to, to proper address, you know, the, 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 the era we were in? Okay. Uh, a deviation is, is, is a method that is there, um, available for organs of state to use. What it simply means, instead of following the normal process, uh, for instance, if I leave Victoria to Bumalanga, I'll take the end off. And if I feel um, I, don't, I don't want to pay the toll gate, I'll find another way of getting to Bumalanga, but mm. I'll still end up there. Yeah. So um, it will be a long way, though, but within, within um, the deviations, we say, um, you can apply deviations, and, and once you have done that, you still have to report that deviation to the Auditor General as well. Meaning that if at all you have one supplier that can give you what you want, you can deviate, but you need to get those proper approvals within the institutions from the accounting officer, meaning that the policies of that institution should indicate how do you go about in, um, adopting deviation as a method. Mm. Meaning that um, it is only this particular uh, company or manufacturer that can give you this thing, then it's a deviation because you are no longer going to advertise for 21 days, evaluate and do all this kind of thing. Mm. The second one is it's still a deviation because there's a continuation process. You have somebody investigating a particular case in the institution. Then you have gone, let's say you have gone through an open competitive um, bid to appoint those people or you used um, a panel of service providers that I will talk to just now. Um, but because that um, report has come through, sorry, and then you charge a person, the person who was investigating that company has to come and give evidence. So you can't go and appoint somebody else to give evidence on the report that they didn't um, investigate. So in terms of deviation, you can apply for deviation and, and, and procure those services to continue um, that, that process and then complete it. Mm-hmm. The other one is in the terms of emergency, like now, um, like I said, um, if you need to feed people who are sitting in a shelter somewhere mm-hmm. and they need medical care, you cannot advertise for 20, 21 days but you still have to get those necessary approvals to say, look, it's an emergency. People's lives are at risk. This is what we are going to do. We can only comply with certain um, uh, uh, principles of the Constitution. We are going to make sure that all the suppliers who can give us, um, let's say, blankets or clothes, are going to be approached and say, look, this is what we're looking for. We're looking for blankets of this size and this make. 
and then you send it to all the suppliers around that area that can give you that and you give them you know a fair a fair amount of time for them to respond as well mm. so it, it, it is allowable um but it shouldn't be abused where you feel um i don't want to go through a normal competitive process this is what i will do i'll just deviate it still needs a proper approvals within the institution. It needs to be recorded and reported to, to the Auditor General as well so that once the audit comes, they can come and audit that process to make sure that you just didn't opt for, for deviation because you were late to advertise the tender. Mm-hmm. You know, there's this term that I've heard, you know, uh, service provider says, I know I got this one from a closed bidding. You know, kindly maybe talk us through <laughs> there that uh, what then yeah. becomes the difference between a closed bidding or a limited bidding, or is it the same thing? But also talk us through there. Okay, a, lo- a closed bidding is, is you know how many how many suppliers are in that industry. Um, at first, in in the past, we used to uh, when you supply cooking gas in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I know four. Uh, you have you have Afox, I think Easy Gas and Kdex, if I'm not sure. So if you know who, that industry, you don't have a lot of role players. Like now, um, the Mpumalanga government has appointed, I think, AXA as their banking yes, um, services. Yes. What they will do, because we don't have a lot of banks in, in the country, what they will do, they will have those specifications mm-hmm. and then send it to all the banks to respond because they have to be registered with the banking sector. Mm-hmm. So they will just check with the banking sector how many banks do we have that can deal with, we call them commercial banks. Um, how many commercial banks do we have that we can um, uh, appoint to, to do our banking? Then they will give them all the list of commercial banks. And then they have an option of sending the, the specifications to, to only those commercial banks without advertising. But some institutions, what they will do, they will still advertise just to make sure there is transparency in, in, in their processes of procurement. So when it's closed bidding, we know how many suppliers we have in that industry. Then we approach only those. Same with, with the um, cell phone um, service providers. We don't have a lot of them. We just have to go to ICASA and check, okay, this, these are the ones who can provide a full service um, for government. Then we send the specifications to them in a closed bidding kind of process, but it still has to be evaluated as well and go through an adjudication process. And then once the award is made, it will have to be uh, made public that, that we have appointed this particular supplier. Mm-hmm. So you have to know how many suppliers are there mm-hmm. in that particular industry for mm-hmm. you to opt for closed bidding or limited bidding. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I believe also we have a maybe a reaction on price, but before we get, uh, you know, to you expanding on the price quotation, let's maybe listen through into this voice note and then maybe we'll just bind it together as you respond on the price quotation. Okay. Um, good evening, Lapo Studio, Um Sagati. Nembuto lo khona la um umbuto wami lo khona la uti ingabe like um ma cheapest suppliers umkambele katola um your your contract or something like that um ingabe they means guti manje laban labo um baya watu msebenduabo o msebenduabo singe na ubona pambili ni na besi senia bani o jafin bani kumsebeni guti bandu njele kufuna guti nabo batole that particular portion eh, ye tender or something like that so ii lapoge the question ya mguti ngabe mtambe uh, the cheapest suppliers simply means they can do their job 
17 after 8. Good evening. You're on Rise of 60 Minutes. My guest is uh, uh, Ms. Rahadi Motseto, the Chief Director on Stakeholder and Client Management at the National Treasury. Uh, Ms. Rahadi, the question there simply, uh, maybe part of phrase, it says, does the cheapest supplier simply mean that they can do the job? Um, this should be a criteria, like I said, to, to really evaluate the, yes. the suppliers. Because when when you ask um, everybody, let's say you want somebody to deliver um, chairs in your house, you're going to tell them this: these are the chairs that I'm looking for. This is the number, and this is the timeline. These are the timelines that I need these chairs manufactured and delivered. So you have that criteria within which you're going to assess whether they can do the work or not, and also if there are additional requirements within that sector that they need um, to meet. I know there's a manufacturing sector. I'm not sure if they have to be registered with that sector. Um, You can ask for that certification because they have a way within that sector or that regulatory body to assess whether um, the supplier is competent or not. Mm. Um, For instance, within, within the infrastructure side, you have the CIDB um, that will cha- will tell you um, uh, this is uh, the supply is on level eight, is on level six. Then you can determine their competencies based on that, um, and also they give you references of the work that they have done before. Um, you don't only fall for price, but mm. with 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 the method of pro- other methods of procurement, you can use the price as a determining factor mm. because the commodity is not that complex and it doesn't carry a high risk. Um, as compared to to other things like your your gas that you need for for theater, where you have to put people to sleep and hope they come back, because if they don't have the certificate, you might end up buying the wrong yeah. gas for the theater. Yeah, yeah. so criteria and um, will be different as well as the requirements. Mm. Okay, I've had maybe just a brief listen at this one while you were talking, but maybe let me just confer it to you. Okay. Studio uh, I'm not sure if um, I can hear it. I couldn't get it properly. Okay, so um, let me just maybe try and paraphrase it. She is uh, alluding to the fact that uh, when she uh, uh, submits on email, um, uh, they don't get to print their document for evaluation. So then, then somewhat the intervention of the national treasury in such instances, what then becomes of the steps that you take? But how do you know they didn't print? That is the question. Yeah. Yeah. How do you know that they didn't print? That because how do you know that? It, that, is, that would be my question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the second one would be on, on, on email. You have functionality sure. where you can you can track your email whether it was delivered and opened. Mm. And in that case, if if you see that it was it was delivered and not opened, then you have a case to go and ask. But I submitted an email on time. Why didn't you even open it and consider it? Because when you open it, it will give you feedback whether the person mm-hmm. on the other side speaks, whether don't give feedback or something. So those functionalities on email are sure. there for suppliers to, to protect themselves as well. I suppose then the follow-up question to that would be then, mm-hmm. is there even a process of of 
of somewhat trying to 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 ascertain the number of those who have reacted to a to to uh, maybe to an RFQ and then try and, and 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 ensure that all of them were then considered in the process of evaluation the thing is um some of some of the the, the, the I, I think it it will happen probably during during um an audit process because if they they, they audit that process um as an official you need to indicate these are the suppliers that I send information to, right? And then the policies are saying you need to have three comparable um, quotations. So if you if you send to ten and you only receive two, um, you have to get approvals to continue with the two. Otherwise, you have to go back um, and ask for more so that you can compare at least a minimum of three. And when the auditors are coming, they would want to have those emails to support the statements that you are making so that they can see that, look, we have sent to, to, to these um, suppliers. They didn't respond or they have responded. So it, 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 it's upon an official to really make sure that their processes are as fair as possible and they do comply with their internal policies as well as those that are issued by, by the Treasury. Mm. 22 after 8, we're still taking your reaction. The number to dial, it is 72 uh, Let's try and get to our WhatsApp line. Good evening, Skosana uh, and your guest. I've got uh, two issues maybe that I would like to to request or ask. One is, tender premieres, guys, is, is hard work. We are filling documents, and hence our other document, why can't they uh, draw the documents that they need with CSD? And on awarding of any tender, then they request you to give the required, the required document they specifically need for the job, like your method statement and the quality plans and so forth and your safety instead of document before you even uh, on the tendering statement let me put it that way and we don't know what the job was at all or you never find never get it so it's really frustrating uh, so basically i want trigger to rethink of this thing uh, thoroughly, which they can maybe automate the the whole process. Unlike, which is a consumer document, this what to mail that costs us amenely at the end of the day. Yeah, Sister Rahari, the the you know that voice note is 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 actually a plea to say, isn't there a way? that Treasury could maybe somewhat rework the existing uh, framework, particularly where institutions of government continually um, request documents that are available on the CSD. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's, he's lamenting the fact that this is a, a firstly is a tedious process and is, and, and is also bearing costs to entrepreneurs, but he calls them uh, tenderpreneurs. No, but I, I don't. I, I don't understand why an official of government would ask for for the information that's captured on the CSD. Yes, I would understand. Um, like I said last week, that 
because of um, certain institutions, their their systems for payment are not linked to to the CFD. They would ask for that letter from the bank so that they can load you on the CFD. Mm-hmm. Um, because those are two separate processes. Sure. Once we receive what we procured, then the payment will fall on, on, on the finance side. So finance will ask for, for, for that banking account, for that, um, that banking data, so that they load you on the payment system. But it is very, very wrong for, for an official of government sitting in procurement to still ask suppliers to go and, and provide information that is on the CSV when since 2015 we were told that we need to make sure that we reduce the costs that are carried by suppliers for mainly doing business with government. That is why we introduced the CSV as an intended. Then mm. that person has a problem and, and the accounting officer needs to really address it because the CSV is made free for suppliers for that particular reason. Mm. And even institutions that don't pay for that CSD is a free service. So I wouldn't understand why <laughs> um, an official will ask for information just to keep it on paperwork. Yeah. Because it carries a huge amount of risk. Firstly, you are not going to get your tax uh, certificate from from, from SARS. Yes. Um, because it's a valid, it's a tax data thing. By mm. the time they award that certificate or that tax data report has lapsed already. Mm. So you're opening up government to a huge amount of risk because you might award your supplier that is no longer compliant. Mm. Maybe on the tail end of that, I mean, if 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 service providers and 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 those you know hoping to to you know somewhat do work with government, if they find themselves in such situations, is there even a platform where they could cry foul? Pardon? Is, is there is there a platform or a place where they could go and say this and this is still happening, regardless of the yes. systems that are in place? Every every institution has has a hotline where where these particular issues can be reported or an email where they can just send this through to, mm-hmm. to the accounting officer or the project chief information officer to really go and look within the institution as to why are you still asking suppliers to supply this particular um, information where it's, it's available on this CSD. Again, mm. I know suppliers will say, no, they're going to restrict you. We don't restrict you for just raising an issue. And also, you don't have to transact with that institution, the other institutions that you can um, transact with, I think, 2,500 mm. 2, or more that you can transact <laughs> with. Yes, so, yeah. You don't have to be married to somebody uh, who mm. abuses you frequently and you're afraid to raise this issue because if you raise it, you might be helping other suppliers that might come after you. Mm. So uh, don't be married to an institution because the reason why we have the CSC is to make sure that you can um, transact with whatever institution that you want mm. to transact I know there's quite a number of procurement methods, but I'd like us to maybe, you know, wrap up our conversation with these tools. Uh, you know, the RFQs and as well as the panel of service providers, the one you started with, but you said you're going to touch on it. Okay, let me just deal with the panel of service providers and then we can carry over this other one for, for, for next week. Yeah. I don't think that is complicated because um, the panel of service providers, is, is we, we advertise a tender um, because uh, we use that, that particular service either frequently or, or you know, um, in, in staggered ways, um, uh, services like your, your legal um, services and also if, if you are in a, in the transport industry, 
where you have to send your suppliers for medical testing. So you can advertise a tender to appoint those suppliers for those services and you evaluate them on, on the issues of competency. But because when you send the supplier, let's say you send a driver for a medical test, they might need maybe an eye test or, or BMI test. So mm-hmm. that particular specification will be different. Then you send it to all of them, then they give you the price. And then, then you get and evaluate them on the price. Mm. So you put them on the panel. They're not appointed. They're not awarded. They still, they're just put on the panel based on their competency and the fact that they meet the requirements. Mm. But when you have a, a specification that might change, for instance, in the legal space, maybe you go through litigation or you want somebody to review a big, uh, um, a huge contract, then you send that specification to all of them, you evaluate them on their proposal and the price, and then you can select from, from those using your, your, your bid uh, specification uh, mm. committee. Mm. Yeah, no, that one is very clear. And uh, mm-hmm. RFQs, Vila, uh, uh, are we not going to touch them tonight? Let's do the RFQs because they touch on the scams, they touch on everything, but yeah. they, they Easiest one is the price station, uh, which is anything below two thousand. Yeah. Uh, you use your petty cash to buy the batteries. If you have a calculator and the batteries die, or you go to the first aid box, uh, the panados are finished. You take, <laughs> um, <laughs> you take petty cash to go and buy panados. You refill. Yeah. You give the receipts back to finance. So let's mm. um, just deal with with the RSPs properly next week with the rest of the the, the um um other methods of procurement as well as the bid committees next week yeah. so that we can spend time as well on it. Yeah, because very particularly I'm very interested to know what sort of role that the bid committees then tends to play, particularly in the awarding of tenders. A very big role. <laughs> okay, so that's definitely yeah. a conversation that we'll have next week. And on that front, okay. then I have to thank you for having availed yourself and uh, just bringing this insightful information. And uh, thank to those who have weighed in on the conversations and probed you for any of, you know, some of the things that you've said. And I, I want to uh, thank you for frankly responding to some of the quests and, uh, you know, the cries that the people on Pumalanga have had this evening. We wish you nothing but great success and a very warm uh, good evening. And, uh, yeah, keep safe uh, till we meet how again. How do you say it in, in, in the belly? How do you say it when you say goodbye? Uh, um, <laughs> it depends, <laughs> but um, uh, and uh, from us, we just wish you a sangatu uzima gakyo komela no hanak chutubas. Okay, uh, let me just that was the chief director. The, the National Treasury, Ms. Rahadi Mutsetom, talking to us here on Rise of in 60 Minutes around simplifying the processes of doing business with the government. I trust you've enjoyed that uh, part of the conversation and uh, we invite you to do join us again when we look into some other topics that particularly might be of interest to you if you are a tenderpreneur or you are hopeful and uh, just aspiring to do business with government, particularly on the national front. You, you cannot restrict yourself to Mpumalang. You need to just try and... Uh, you know, broaden your scope. But from us here on Rise Firm in 60 Minutes, Yabawage, Wauzi, Mwantlo Komel, Nohana Nchutu Paase, Nibinobsugu, Obchamegoti. From us, it's a good night.